I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 9th, 2021. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Three. ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with John Dixon, CPA, CFP, CVA, EIEIO, <laughs> as well as KC Smith. That is not KC Smith. That is K period C period Smith. I'm already lost in the initials. Yes, it's too many. Well, you got initials at the front and back of your name, so I mean, you're special. I am. Yeah. I've often been told that I'm special. <laughs> yeah, well, get on the short bus. You're special. Casey <laughs> uh, is a CFP, and uh, I know there's something else. SEPA. SEPA, that's right. Well, how could I forget that? Yeah, I mean, you and I do work SEPA. together sometimes with that. We do. Uh, SEPA stands for, and I'll let, them, let you be the one, since you're drinking water right now, to tell just exactly what it means. to. I mean, CFP, even John's got one of those. Yeah, that's just run of the mill. Yeah, well, it's, it's very popular, and folks know what it is. Uh, CFP, obviously, is a certified financial planner. You would be described as a certificate, a CFP certificate, as would John. Um, but SEPA uh, is something special, right? That is. Certified Exit Planning Advisor. All right. And what exactly does that mean? So, uh, as a, a contrary to popular belief, it does not involve, you know, exiting this life and moving on <laughs> to you know, the next the yeah. next stage. It could be morbid, but not quite that bad, yeah, right? This is about exiting your business. So, how do you set up uh, and really grow and, and and position your business for uh, for exiting, whether that's through a sale or a transition to a family or, or insider, however that looks for you in your situation. Yeah, all right. Uh, and, you know, it is strange, though, uh, when you start talking about financial planning of any stripe, uh, even tax planning, uh, there is almost always a little bit of morbid talk that you wind up with, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, one of the biggest fears is outliving your money. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you can right. tell me when you're going to die. It makes the planning a whole lot easier. So, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, have you ever had anybody tell you exactly when they were going to die? And did you call the police shortly after? Not exactly, but I did have a guy one time tell me that uh, if the plan got too bad, he's got a solution for it, and it's a ten cent bullet. Wow. Okay. So, uh, wow. all right. And we've had clients who said they were never going to die too. Yeah, that has happened yeah. as well. Well, I mean, there are literally clients that will never die theoretically right businesses corporations supposedly have a perpetual life as do uh trusts and and uh other entities might not be flesh and blood kind of entities but there are those that will not die 
Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. I mean, let's face it, uh, I think uh, Edsel thought they weren't going to die either, but uh, I've got pictures of their factories in the ruins. I mean, this happens, right? Right. Um, well, this happened to be an actual client. <laughs> yeah. Living, breathing, breathing, breathing human. Yes, well, so. we have had some that have told us that they want to plan on living to well over 100 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, you just have to be or a little more conservative. conservative. Yes, indefinitely. That was the uh, terminology used. Of. Indefinitely. I'll live indefinitely. Run the projections as as I'm going to live indefinitely. Was it, I mean, did they really think they were going to live forever or just <laughs> wanted to run the projection like that? There's no telling. It, it was uh, it was probably a little of both. It, probably. You know, okay. there's only two things that are certain, death and taxes. And yeah. in this case, taxes are a lot more certain than death. <laughs> well, in in his case, I guess. Right. I mean, you can make a plan based on whatever someone asks. Um, That's right. We, and you know, we do it. When when uh, you know, one of the things that I do for Hensler Financial is, uh, and, and it goes hand in hand with uh, KC and his SEPA that we started this conversation with, um, is uh, business valuation. And when you do a business value, there is something called a horizon value, and it does assume. That the business entity lasts forever. And uh, believe it or not, the the math calculation that you have to do for a horizon value uh, actually makes up more often than not over 50% of the overall business value. Now, if you assume that the business is going to last forever, um, you know, that's that's part of the equation. So I would assume then, if you're discounting the business forever, it probably... Or, or someone's assets forever, they probably get relatively small. Yeah. I mean, you, you would have to assume that they spend a whole lot less annually, right? Right. Yeah. All right. All right. So we've beaten that dead horse uh, until I think it's going to squeal again. Let's talk a little bit about S&P 500 returns. Um, so we've got the full print now the last 12 months. S&P 500 up 19.83%. Uh, I think the official number for 2020, uh, 18.38% was the return on the S&P 500 for the year. Uh, if you look at the details over the last 12 months, and this is from, you know, a weekend to, to January, uh, all the way back to the end of the first week of January in 2020, uh, information technology up 42.48%. As I said, S&P 500 up 19.8%. Consumer discretionary is up 35.42%. Now, am I incorrect in saying that the consumer actually had kind of a bumpy road in 2020, and yet discretionary spending was up sufficient to make consumer discretionary companies rise almost 35 and a half percent does that seem weird to anybody else it's weird but i mean if you think about how people have just shifted their their spending patterns from going to you know allocating money to travel and and do things that they're not able to do during covid and they're just you know spending it and they're sitting on sitting at home on amazon and shopping well and you also got to think of the additional funds from unemployment some some consumers were making more on unemployment than they were being employed working right right yeah. and they had some excess time on their hands as well right so you know if you've got widespread unemployment and extra money maybe it is reasonable that you would have consumer discretionary companies um 
up higher than normal. Well, and you know, they say you can't take it with you when you go, so if we're going to die of COVID, you might as well go ahead and spend it all, right? Here we go. John just will not let this morbid conversation die. Uh, materials, so that's a latecomer, but uh, up 32.7%. That's worthy of mention. Uh, materials make up a relatively small, I say relatively, very small portion of the S&P 500 overall, around 3%. Um, but uh, what you've seen lately is kind of a rebound in manufacturing, so uh, raw goods, which would be in those materials, um, would uh, within that sector, you know, the companies that provide those uh, have rallied hard of late. Um, way at the bottom of the list, we've got energy. Energy's uh, lost 27.83% um, over the last 12 months. Real estate down 4.16%. Uh, kind of, kind of a strange situation if you if you stop and consider it. You know we've we've talked at length about um, various situations that we've noticed during 2020, and uh, none of that's really changed. Growth growth stocks uh, rose significantly. Um, Value stocks finally got moving a little bit and got a positive return on the year, but not very positive. Um, so uh you know energy being down is is still kind of a uh it's covid related without a doubt demand for gasoline while people stayed home and spent their money online uh you know i guess uh, the individual consumer uses up a whole lot more gasoline than the ups and fedex truck bringing them their stuff yeah, well, it's interesting that the you know since the election, we've really seen sort of a shift in that that dynamic between growth sure. and value, and and you know energy's made quite a comeback since then. Sure, in fact, that's actually the leader year to date, although it's a small sample size. Yeah, a week, a week into the year, but still almost ten percent, almost ten percent. Yeah, a week. Right. Yeah. So how how low really has energy been outside this last week rebound? Yeah, oh, it's it uh it was down over 35%. Uh the market was down 34%, almost 34% from February 19th to March 23rd in 2020. Uh, energy fell a little more than that and then languished there for quite a while. Um, just in the last, uh, really since the end of October, we've seen a, quite a uh, kind of a rotation, if you will, as Casey was alluding to, uh, where value has, has outstripped uh, growth pretty significantly. Um, well, if you think about historically, you know, the, the gap between growth and value is generally not that wide, not nearly as wide as it has been last year or it really right. has been for a few years now. Right. Yeah. So you would, I, I would call it 12 years now. Well, yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while, but I mean, at, at some point you would think that that gap is going to narrow and, and, you know, maybe this is the time that it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, not only is it likely to narrow, but if you look over a longer period of time, value actually beats growth stocks right. uh, and much of it because value stocks tend to pay dividends, whereas growth don't. And uh, over half or approximately half of all the returns from the S&P 500 historically come from dividend payments. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I believe that we're ripe for a, for a return to that. And what's strange is not just uh, the fact that value stocks in general have underperformed, but those that pay those dividends have actually underperformed grossly in the same period. I mean, really. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll get you a dog of the week and talk about a financial situation. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. 
week you know i use the dog of the week more as a a platform just a personal thing but i always try to tie it back into something financial uh and and this week i you know it's a financial situation because somebody paid good money for a car that they thought would do something and i guess to some extent it did but it didn't end well and my other thing is i always like to poke fun at millennials and since you can't be a millennial without a beard, a Jeep, and usually you got to have something like a spare gas can or a jack or something tied to your Jeep to make you a real millennial. And, and I guess you can get away with not having a Jeep as long as you've got a man bun. This week, the dog of the week is from an individual who bought a Jeep Gladiator. The, the Jeep was five days old. They decided they'd take it mudding. Is this in California? I would have to bet that this is in Paulding County, Georgia. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, Jarrett's not here, but I can still pick on him. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure exactly where this happened. So what happened is, dude drives his Jeep off in the water. He made two or three passes through a nice mud hole. Next thing you know, it won't start. It, it died and wouldn't start back. Uh, so he got it pulled out of the mud hole taken to a nearby dealership where they replaced the alternator, you know, a few other parts and two batteries and got him up and running. But when they did, they said that uh, it looked as if he had submerged the Jeep. So when they made that report, before you know it, and he's starting to have other issues, $4,500 in, his warranty has been basically revoked. Uh, he's had all kinds of issues with this Jeep. Uh, put on the brakes, trying to get in. Uh, you know, he was in traffic. Put the brakes on, and one of the uh, wheels locked up, made him fishtail a couple of times, and uh, almost have a wreck. Uh, the, some of the lights, like the in, interior, well, the middle uh, brake light, went out. The dealership he bought it from, actually, you know, had that fixed. But as it turns out. Uh, Jeep has actually taken away the the, uh, the warranty on this Jeep because he mistreated it, I guess, is what they're saying. Um, what good is a Jeep if you can't go mud? It, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Maybe Jeeps are more for looks. Jeeps, you know, I'm not here to, to totally... Okay, maybe a little bit, but I'm not here to totally bash Jeeps. But they always have had a reputation for not being the most... You know, worthy automobile, the most uh, reliable, I guess. So uh, here we are in 2020 and still having issues with the with the Jeep. But well, is that really the, the Bronco to come out? The other thing was that really the environmental responsibility, the responsible thing to do to go out and go muddy. Well, I mean, isn't that a, have an impact on the environment? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, I would think that if you kind of back a few steps away and think about the millennial attitude, they like the Jeep because it can get them out to the woods where you can see beautiful things. But if you destroy them with your jeep then have you really been a good environmental citizen i agree with that john i I think that's probably a worthy thought um 
but it, like I say, it gives me an opportunity to poke fun at two things. Uh, yes, I'm growing a beard back. Uh, I do say what up, fam, when I bring the radio show in. Used to talk a lot more about it, but I've been told that, uh, you know, all that stuff is yesterday. Um, I don't think you can even ride a, a scooter in town anymore. There's most places have done away with the with the electric scooters, right? You know you're a millennial at heart, Troy. Oh, I'm I'm definitely I, you know I'm probably a kindergartner mentally, but I'm <laughs> I'm definitely a, a millennial at heart. Um, well, there's but, no need for scooters anymore because everyone moved out here. <laughs> well, I you know you, nobody lives in town. Is that what you're saying? Seems that way. Wow, John, I hadn't noticed. Um, there has been a, a flight to the suburbs for sure. Yeah. But uh, you're just closer to the woods if you're in the suburbs. That's true. Uh, right? That's right. I mean. Well, before we get too far along, Troy, I've got a dog of the week as well. And yeah. I can't, can't uh, leave this segment without talking a little bit about what happened at the Capitol yesterday. Uh, Casey, that is absolutely disgruntling. <laughs> it's, it's disgruntled people, but... Dude, that's all I can say. Right. Are you kidding me? This is really what we've come to. It's it's embarrassing. I mean, uh, it's without to, a doubt. To the whole thing. I mean, I, I can understand on one hand being frustrated, you know, and a lot of people are frustrated on both sides for various reasons, and that that's all well and good, perfectly normal to want to protest and you know have your opinion voiced, but to take it to that next level is not. Not acceptable at all. Right. And, uh, yeah. As I tell my kids, you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think uh, Vice President Pence said it best. Yeah. Those of you who uh, acted out at the Capitol yesterday won nothing. Yeah. Well, you you got no prize for that, none whatsoever, and uh, it's it's uh, sad, disheartening, um, for especially for people waving the American flag and then doing that. Right. Oh, holy cow! What it, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Every every newspaper in the world front page has got you know those images and right. You know you know people in China and. Yeah. Well, I I did read a headline when I was studying up for my dog of the week this week that said, uh, you know, kind of Dateline Moscow. It truly was out of Russia. They said that uh, they didn't think that the U.S. was uh, was a worthy democracy. <laughs> and, and here I'm thinking, uh, Vladimir Putin's been in office how long? Uh, elected, and I'm using yeah. air quotes that don't translate well on the radio, but. Uh, right. Come on, man. <laughs> well, they, they use it, it important that they they got back together. They reconvened. They were able to have their you know arguments and yeah debate debates right. About, you know what their qualms were with the whole process and and I, you know that something needs to be addressed as far as you know the the sanctity of the elections and all. But I think it was important that they did get back together and in the same day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Get back to work, and, and yeah. I mean that hopefully helped uh, salvage at least some something from that whole mess. But yeah, well, was, uh, uh, when they say when you're a when you're a, a carpenter, you try to rule the world and cure the problems with a hammer, right? Um, when you're a financial analyst, you use the stock market as a indicator of just the magnitude of the situation. 
The stock market was up 1.3%. Yeah. Market has been... It it didn't blink. so resilient through a lot of things. I mean... They they would make you wonder. Yeah, exactly. It's... I mean, what in the world? The explanation there is that some of that probably has to do with the the outcome of the Georgia Senate runoff. And the fact that stimulus is likely to happen. Right. uh, And now and the market in the short run will probably benefit from that. Um, yeah, long it's, term, who knows what somebody's going to have to pay for that eventually. Right, and that's that's lie. I mean, we can talk more about that, you know, later in the show. I know we got some other things to talk about, but uh, I really look at markets' actions in the last few days as as uh, basically a sugar high. It the, the, the market acts somewhat like a, a spoiled child in in a lot of ways, where you know it gets its way. Short term, it'll go flying through. But, you know, the the worries that I have now are inflation. I mean, not only do we have uh, fiscal spending uh, that seems to be, you know, have loaded up the potential for that. Uh, I talked about this in 07 and 08, and uh, it never came to fruition. I can tell you why I believe it didn't is because we actually went back to austerity after, you know, the government had handed out uh, a lot of money in 07 and 08, even giving checks to individuals, as we've done recently. Um, But what uh, we had in the in the following months and even years was a return to higher regulation under the Obama administration. Um, We had easy money for a long time, you know, very low interest rates. Um, But we also had, uh, you know, a return to uh, uh, higher regulation. Uh, Taxation didn't change a lot, but uh, regulation on banks specifically to try to cure the recent uh, financial turmoil that we'd had in 07 and 08 um, actually put a damper on growth. while growth was still, uh, you know, prevalent, it wasn't nearly to the level that we've seen in the recent, heck, not even a year, uh, you know, yeah. just based on on uh, the the stimulus that's been added to the economy. And I, I really do uh, begin to wonder what comes next for the stock market and even more so the economy, especially in light of the Fed's recent changes to to uh, modify the way that they react to inflationary pressures, uh, you know, if you weren't paying attention in 2020, basically what happened was instead of when uh, inflation breaches the Fed's target of 2%, what it is right now, uh, immediately what they're planning to do is uh, they're using a longer term average for inflation. So, you know, it's 1.6% now. Uh so if it rocks have along, to float above two hundred or two percent for a for a while, a yeah, while. potentially, yeah, it's to get average. exactly to get you back to a spot where uh, uh, you Don't might have uh, exactly, yeah. So uh, a little bit of a worry to me going forward. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge worry in 2021, but uh, it's coming. All right, stick around. We're going to be right back. Uh, you're listening on one call. In recent months, economic activity picked up. We can't deal with an economic crisis until you beat the pandemic. The ups, the downs. Which way will it go? We're here to keep you informed. This This is Money Talks. 
We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and John Dixon. I've been talking about uh, a few things going on in the financial markets and politics, which I'm not a huge fan of. But, hey, it, it all matters to your money. So it's uh, it's worthy of our conversation. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Our number uh, is 1-855-429-9166. That's our question hotline. The way it works, you'll call. You'll get our message at the beep you can leave your message including the question you'd like to uh to have us answer on the air um and uh we will uh, play it on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer instead to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, who is our producer. Um, she'll take your information and uh, get it to us, and, and we can answer on the air. Uh, there is another way. You can uh, email us. Our email address is drgene at hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S. S-L-E-R.com. Um, if that's not enough for you, you can do it yourself. No, I'm not being rude. I mean, we got a website. You can go and find the information. We load up all kind of information on Hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, both of these guys with me probably write a whole lot of the information that winds up on that website. Uh, John Dixon is, uh, what, what is your title exactly, John? I don't really have a title. I'm not. We're not. We're not big in titles, but I okay. guess I would be considered a, a partner. <laughs> a, par- a, a partner. partner. Oh, howdy, yeah. partner. <laughs> uh, he's he uh, runs our tax department at the headquarters building in Kennesaw. Uh, we also have a tax department down uh, close to the perimeter, right? Glen Ridge. Glen Ridge. Um, kind of at the end of well, not at the end of 400. It's. Uh, Perimeter five. Yeah, perimeter and, and 400. So um, anyway, John writes a lot of the information on the website about, uh, you know, where it pertains to taxes and how you might act to uh, save yourself on taxes. And uh, KC, um, being a managing associate in our planning and implementation department, I think often gets tagged to write articles uh, that are also put on the website. Uh, I usually just write about the markets and I don't know if anybody listens to that anyway. Well, and I'll just point out to you, I think uh, our important perspective is the fact that we have everyone under one roof that can help Correct. provide that, that consulting and advice. Right. Kind of a one-stop shop for finance and, and uh, financial planning and uh, tax and uh, not only planning but advice, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway... Um, that's how you can find us. Uh, more specifically, you can call and ask for John Dixon if you got tax questions. Ask for K.C. Smith if uh, if you have questions about financial planning. Again, the number is 770-429-9166. So, guys, uh, we wanted to talk about a situation that's uh, going on now, a recent passage of, uh, of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. Now, if somebody held me up and said, you have to name that bill that gave you the $600 check at the end of the year, I would have been lost. But that's, again, the name of it, Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. So you just, Congress, call them, just call them all the CPA Job Security Act. Well, everything is a CPA Job Security Act. So, yeah. They could do away with the IRS, <laughs> and it would make CPAs better. I mean, they they would still get more business, right? 
We would. Yeah. I, that's the reason I think it's funny when they start getting protective of, you know, doing away with uh, income tax. Come on, man. You're going to have something to do. That's right. There will never be uh, too many CPAs. I know John's been pouring over all 5,593 pages of this act. It will. About, what, Christmas? Uh, that's his fun time. He just does that on the weekends. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I stay up all night reading this stuff. It's it's, it's great. Yeah. It's very intoxicating. Oh, here there, we go again. There he goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is why we let John hang around. He's the only CPA slash comedian in the building. That's uh, anyway, so this is the $900 billion COVID relief bill, uh, kind of the second coming of the COVID relief bill following on to the CARES Act, right? That's um, right. And if people weren't already confused with the first round of PPP, now we have a second round of PPP. So it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, not only that, some uh, it wasn't totally tied to this bill, but there was a continuation of some of that early uh, early funding for COVID relief, right, uh, to the tune of $1.4 trillion, I believe. So in the closing weeks of uh, 2020, we got another $2.3 trillion shot in the arm. And we're going to get additional $2,000, right? So uh, well, it seems that, what, you know, that's, that's, that's what they what, say. Yeah. I mean, now that the election has, has uh, ultimately been resolved, and uh, uh, while it is a 50-50 split, I think the vice president, being a Democrat, and definitely would be voting with the Democrats in, in uh, the Senate, uh, you would expect that we're going to get more stimulus based on the way that they've been promising that, right? Right, and that's probably, as we talked about, the short term, why the, the market has reacted the way it has, oh, yeah. given what's going on out there. And yeah, sugar high. Sugar high. Yeah, go for it. All right, so uh, what is in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 outside of the $600 per household that we've been talking about. It's not per household, though, right? It's per, per individual. individual. And it's not just, say, if you're married... You the the both partners would get the six hundred dollars plus children right under plus seventeen. Children, that's correct, and there is a, the age or the the gross income cap, so seventy five thousand individual and one hundred fifty married filing joint. So there is a phase out of of the the payment uh, structured similar to the first one that it's a, a credit on the twenty twenty taxes, so that. Ultimately, if you don't receive your check, you'll get it through your tax return when it's filed. Also, if you don't get as much as you qualify for based on your 2020 taxes, you could get more when you file your return. So they're, they're giving out the credit based on 19 filings, or, or in previous, the first one actually was some of the prior years as well. But if you end up qualifying for more based on your AGI in your 20 tax return, you'll actually get to claim more. But AGI. If, your, if your 2020 AGI is too high to get it, they don't claw it back, do they? No, they do not. So that's yeah. that's the benefit. You get it based on qualification on a prior year, but you don't have to pay it back. Yeah, and AGI is adjusted gross income, which is a term that comes straight from the 1040, right? That's the correct. IRS so tax forms. It's considered all your income less top-line adjustment, what they consider top-line adjustments. So which would be that phase-out is... Sorry, go ahead. So top-line adjustments would be similar to your self-employed health insurance, HSA contributions, things that are separate than your um, itemized deductions. So top-line, which would also include your $300 charitable donation for 2020 uh, and your 
you know, for the education expenses for the teachers, you know, those would be considered your top line deductions. Yeah, John, you are definitely a barrel of fun. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, KC, you were saying something I didn't. Know. I was just saying the the phase out is uh, is really is based on the total amount of the the credit that you would get, right? So, in other words, if you have more kids, then your fa- your phase out is going to be at a higher level. Like it's not, it's not going to be totally phased out until you reach a higher level. Right. Well, it depends on the ter- how many kids you have. Correct. The percentage of it gets phased out. So there, you could qualify. Part of it could get phased out, and you get part of it. Right. So until you cap out on the phase out, that's when you get zero. Yeah. All so right. Like Jared, Jared is since we're talking about Paulding County and a lot of kids here, a lot of kids. <laughs> so he's in good shape because his phase out's probably much higher with all. The, with all the bambinos. Yeah, he's got a kid or two. Yeah. All right. Um, so there was more in it than just giving money back to consumers, right? Right. The other most popular issue probably was the unemployment provisions. So they allowed another additional 300 weekly benefit to those collecting unemployments through March 14, 2021. And this is a federal benefit, not the state benefit that normally is unemployment, right? Correct. And then they uh, they, they allowed an additional 11-week extension to the federal funded unemployment benefits. So once they exhaust their state unemployment benefits, they can get another 11 weeks extension for the federal funded unemployment. So that's probably what you'll see, you know, from a market standpoint. You know, you have people who are probably making more on unemployment than they were when they were employed. But it's also in a lot of these industries that have been hurt, you know, sure, like yeah. the restaurant industry right. that that are hurting right now. Yeah, and it's it's not just those. Those tend to be small businesses, too. Correct. You know, so it's, it's uh, going to a couple of spots that actually have been hindered significantly. Uh, there was also an extension of the... Uh, uh, moratorium on evictions is that correct that's correct yeah so the cdc's uh gonna give them another month doesn't it doesn't uh at least officially at the moment do away with that rent it just allows you to pay it after january yeah january 31st right Correct. And as I was going through all 5,000 pages, I didn't see anything um, from mortgage holders, you know, keeping you know, the, the borrowers from having to pay. So, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, exactly. And, and it's, the small, um, it's the small property owners that tend to be hit hardest with those as well, right? Right, because you can't. If they're not paying, you can't evict them. So it's it's a tough situation. You're still trying to make mortgage payments, but you're not collecting the rental income to help support those payments. I got you. Uh, well, John, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. we got a question or two to answer, so stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Interest rates cannot stop. stop the sharp drop in economic activity caused by closures and other forms of social distancing. When the world changes, you know what to do. This, this is, is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with John Dixon and Casey Smith, and we've been uh, going over the uh, recently passed Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, or is it 2021? Which do you prefer? Do you care? I don't. What do you say? I don't care. It's the CPA. John says I don't care. 2021 is what the all the millennials say. 
Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I want to be a, I'm almost a boomer, but I want to be a millennial. So that's where I'm going. Okay, boomer. All right, 2021. How about Zoomers? That's what they're calling Generation Z now. And i got two kids, I think, that are in a, squarely in that. Well, uh, it's fun to call somebody something that rhymes with boomer. <laughs> which which generation is using the uh, Roman numerals? I don't what know. What would that be? What would be that, the... I don't know, John. We'll I don't read that. near as much as you. I'll we'll have to look into that. Yeah, all right. Uh, if you would like to contact us about something more relevant than just what the generation's names are, uh, you can call us at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. That's our question hotline. You'll get a recording. You'll leave your recording, including your question. We play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, you can call us directly, 770-429-9166, or you can email us at drgenehensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. Or you can go to our website and uh, find information for yourself on broad topics. We've got lots of information loaded at Hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. John, I will just leave it to you. Get right back in the middle of this. There was uh, obviously $600 for the average consumer uh, included in this, up to a certain level of income, uh, but a lot of information uh, and, and uh, I guess... Yeah, and one thing I wanted to touch on that for the rebates uh, before we move on to the business side of it is the, the Form 1444 that taxpayers should have received for the first stimulus, and, the, and they'll receive another one for the second in, in, in 2021. Okay. Uh, however, you know, a lot of taxpayers didn't realize they were supposed to keep that documentation for their tax return. So we were getting a lot of questions about what they need to do if they lost it or, or threw it away. Right. Uh, they're ultimately not going to get another one uh, but what they need to do is go back to a bank statement or some some documentation on their you know the bank website and print the amount they got documentation showing the amount they got deposited so that their tax preparer has that information because again like we mentioned before in 20 20 tax return, you can actually get more than you, if you qualify for more other than what you received based on a prior year tax return. So tax return, the the, re, the rebates were issued based on prior numbers. It actually qualifies based on 2020, so your tax preparer needs that information for your 2020 tax return. All right. Are taxes going to be more complicated this year? Of course. Okay. And, and and I'm sure they'll be more complicated like next barber year. Barber, if you need a haircut, right? <laughs> <laughs> at the very least you can get a shave, right? Uh, all right, John. Again, you know, if they need information about those uh, details, they can call you seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six and ask for John Dixon. But let's go ahead and flesh out what businesses received as bailout uh, funding uh, from this this act as well. This was probably the most intoxicating intoxicating provision and and business clients were jumping up and down about this but in in this um, act it it clarified that the PPP in the first round the expenses used the expenses that were used by those funds could be expensed. Okay. So originally the IRS the the original yep. bill said that this was not supposed to be taxable. The right. PPP was not taxable. Well, the IRS position was, fine, the income's not taxable, but you can't deduct the expenses that right. you use the funds for. Basically, they took, took away the benefit 
by saying that you would have to. Well, the IRS argument the is you're double dipping. You got the money. And you're getting the expense as a double dip. So, right. But Congress said that was the intent. So right. there was the intent that they got the money and the deduction. So, so it took clarify. a new act in order to clarify that so that the IRS would lay off. Right. So all year with our business clients, we were showing them what their tax liability would have been with or without those deductions. Oh, okay. So you showed and it both ways. That's we showed it both ways the whole year so they could anticipate what their exposure might be. Sure. So we had a lot of clients jumping up and down when, oh, when that passed. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, the other provision that was probably most is going to be most popular for businesses is that uh, the, it allows mills expense to be 100% deductible for 2021 and 2022. So for the next two years... So business meals is what we're that's really correct. aimed at, right? That's correct. So it's business meals and, and the, what they consider provided by a restaurant. So right now there's not a lot of guidance what that means. Um, so... But it doesn't doesn't designate it has to be in a restaurant. It's just provided by a restaurant. So yeah, I would think in a restaurant is probably not quite as likely, given the situation still, right? Right. And the whole premise around this was to help support the restaurants that are struggling right now. So. Sure, yeah. And I, I imagine that they, there are plenty of those that need a little bit of a hand, right? Right. Um, so I should load up my crew and go run through the, the drive through the local biscuit factory. You should. I mean, yeah. it's 100% deductible now. So, oh, hi. Um, make sure to bring me along. <laughs> <laughs> you can make the argument that it's actually more beneficial now than it was before. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, the health benefits are still the same, right? Bacon is bacon. Oh, you can't you can't argue with that. Yeah. All right, John. Well, that, I that, that'll help you live forever. Bacon. Bacon. Wow. I didn't completed know. the circle. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Uh, so, John, I don't want to cut you off. Is that is that pretty much the the big points to be made? Yeah. The only other two things I'll mention briefly about the individuals is that uh, the the medical expenses is permanently lowered to seven and a half percent. So the the threshold was supposed to bump back up to ten percent, uh, but they permanently decreased it. So now medical expenses, if you itemize, only have to exceed seven and a half percent. Um, I love so, that one because I can never remember whether it was seven and a half or ten, and it would go back and forth yeah. depending on your age and all this stuff. So, so now they made it good. they made it permanently to seven and a half. And then the other other thing for for the educators out there that the two hundred fifty dollar expense that's the above the line deduction uh, now applies to PPE as well. Okay, uh, with, so given what's going on in the yeah, in masks, the shields, right. gloves, I imagine all that. All right, well uh, we want to move on. We got a question from our good friend Joe R, who writes, "I'm looking." for opportunities in sectors that are currently down but have a large upside potential. I'm also looking to diversify some of my investments away from the traditional S&P and Dow stocks. Uh, my question is about REITs. Uh, they're currently down about 20% year over year, but I'm not sure uh, that the demand for office and retail will be as large as in the past due to more uh, companies allowing employees to work from home. Additionally, I still see lots of newly constructed or in progress retail spaces that are sitting empty um, you know I think I think you're you're kind of on to something in multiple ways first of all uh, retail was already in kind of a tailspin from e-commerce uh, that accelerated uh, during COVID 
I believe uh, brick-and-mortar retail is probably not a good investment at the moment uh, until you get more clarity. I can't see it coming back with any vengeance like, uh, you know, some of the other things. You know, you might look at airlines and say, oh, yeah, people are going to fly again. Folks are going to go on a cruise again. But uh, retail space was already under pressure, and I don't think that's going to be investable anytime soon. There's lots of questions in commercial real estate, as you mentioned, office realty. Um, you know, who knows what comes up there. The other thing I would be careful of is residential. Uh, to be honest with you, there is one stock that I currently recommend. Um, well, there's more than one, but it's it's usually, uh, you know, I, I like public service uh, or public storage, rather, uh, symbol PSA. I also like digital realty. Uh, Public storage is uh, many warehouses, and for whatever reason, people and their stuff don't soon get parted. Uh, you know, Grandma's console TV from the 1950s is still hanging out in somebody's uh, storage locker, and they've been paying good rent that they could have uh, probably pocketed ages ago and been a lot better off. But for some reason, we just don't want to let go. Um, that business is still pretty solid. Um, you also have, uh, you know, a digital realty uh, runs data warehouse or data uh, centers uh, around the country and other countries. And uh, obviously a move to e-commerce is, is much stronger. So if you're looking at retail, I mean, at, uh, at REITs, I, I say that's a better space. Now, I love what you're doing, trying to figure out uh what industry has been beaten up. What I would say is look at the supply chain and figure out just where within that supply chain, because a lot of these companies have rebounded strongly, but they're, they didn't take everybody along. So I think if you look uh, so that you can find, you know, business, supporting businesses to those bigger names, quite often you can find deals like that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what you say, guys? Market up or down? Market's going up. Market up. How about that? I'm a broken record. Market's always up. You uh, are listening to Money Talks, and we'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.